Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. You have no argument. I'm reading from Romans 10, verse 8 through to 10, which says, But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You and I are engaged in a debate. The debate is vigorous, full of strong arguments on both sides. I must confess you're a great debater, very convincing, at least in some ways, but you will notice that I am fairly calm. That is because I know that you have no argument. The preponderance of arguments that I have already presented in this debate points to the fact that you will have to concede. But still, still you argue. Still, you ask for time out to research for new arguments or at best to rearrange your counter arguments. We don't have all the time in the world because the lives of men and women are at stake here. Let me help you to speed up the conclusion of this debate. Let me take you back to a murder trial in California, USA in 1995. One man was on trial for the murder of his wife and her friend. The prosecution was relentless as they are expected to in presenting pieces of evidence to show that the defendant was the killer. Meanwhile, the defense kept on pushing back to prove that their client was not guilty of the crime. Then the prosecution introduced a blood-stained glove, which they argued was the one the defendant wore when he committed the murders. He was asked to try the glove on in court, but it would not go on fully. Later, as the defense was presenting closing arguments, they went back to the glove story. Their argument, if the glove does not fit, you must acquit. That was it. The jury found the defendant not guilty of the murder. Today I'm presenting to you one solid argument. We have been debating about Jesus and whether you should believe that he is the son of God who died to bring you redemption. There are numerous other gods that have been considered. There have been gods made of wood and precious metals, encrusted with jewels and adorned with decorative items. But one by one, we have acknowledged that an idol made by the very man who is now claiming it to be God cannot be God because a God cannot be made. Then you have presented some other candidates who have made claims of divinity. And one by one, we have proven to you that those cannot be God because they died. And that was it. None of them is alive today. It is unreasonable to ask anyone to worship a God who has succumbed to the most vicious and cruel enemy of mankind. And I'm speaking of death. If the candidate is dead, so is a claim to be considered a God. The most recent argument you have brought up in this debate is that there is no God. Well, what kind of an argument is that? Whoever says that there is no God, well, let's just say that my God calls that person a fool. And why so? Why can someone not truthfully claim that there is no God? Simple. God has revealed himself all over the very earth we live on begs the question as to how did this come about, because certainly it did not just appear out of nowhere. Also, if you are, I mean, you are a being present in this argument, born of a mother and father, and you breathe air and eat food, so you exist, you are. So if you are a being, then there must be someone bigger than you who saw to your being here.
God demonstrates his existence in all kinds of ways. Stars don't ever fall from the sky. Fishes don't fly, live in the air and birds do not live in the waters. What about trees that produce fruits on a seasonal basis the same time every year? Who's responsible for such casual expression of nature? Well, can I wrap up my presentation now? My argument to you is that Jesus died and was buried, just like all other contenders who eventually died. But here's the distinction. Here is the one irrefutable, incontestable truth about Jesus. He came back from the dead. My open quotation from the Bible says that God raised him from the dead. Who is God? I was wondering when you were going to ask that question. The same God who raised Jesus from the dead is the same God who said, let us make man in our own image and likeness, is the same God who called a man away from his family to go to a place that will become the home of his defendants of that one man, is the same God who jumped in an overheated furnace of fire and rescued three of his followers, is the same God who told the king that the battle belongs to God and the next time we see God, we see thousands and thousands of an enemy army turning on themselves, killing each other without the army of the king, lifting a straw to defend themselves. My Jesus wants to bring you eternal life, but it all hinges on one truth. Jesus died and three days later, God raised him from the dead. So with that compelling evidence, you have no choice but to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You will become a child of God. You will experience the goodness of God in a real way. My friend, hear me well and accept who I'm presenting to you. Jesus is the only God who died and came back alive. Let me say that again. Jesus is the only God who died and came back alive. That is because God raised him from the dead and Jesus will never die again. Now, what will your response be? Will you believe and be saved or will you continue to hold on to your failed arguments? Believe me, my friend, believe that God raised his son from the grave. Jesus is the only one worthy to be saved and he is the only one who can save you because he is the only true God. If you need help turning to God, turning to Jesus, send me an email at friendofclyde at gmail.com.